not going to let them violate a nuclear agreement and go out and do weapons, and we're not allowed to. We're the ones that have stayed in the agreement, and we've honored the agreement, but Russia has not, unfortunately, honored the agreement. So we're going to terminate the agreement. We're going to pull out. President Trump finally made a threat he's been warning about for months a reality. On Friday, the president announced he's pulling the United States out of a nuclear arms treaty with Russia that was established during the Cold War, a move that could reawaken a nuclear arms race in Europe and give birth to a new one in Asia. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Nick Wadhams, who covers national security in Washington. Thanks for joining us again, Nick. Thank you. So you were there this morning at the State Department when Secretary of State Mike Pompeo spoke to the press about the news right as the president himself was making it official in a statement. What do we know? Uh, we know that, as expected, the U.S. is pulling out of the INF Treaty. Um, this is a treaty designed to limit um, uh, intermediate-range uh, nuclear-capable warheads in Europe. Um, it's, it's an arms control treaty that's considered sort of one of the landmark agreements between the U.S. and Soviet Union uh, from 1987 that really helped put the brakes on uh, a nuclear arms race between those two world powers. Uh, now the U.S. says that Russia uh, has been violating uh, this treaty for about six years by developing uh, a missile that has a range of more than about 400 kilometers and under 3,000 kilometers. Um, and it says it will no longer abide by the terms of this treaty. It's going to start a six-month uh, clock under which it's now suspending its um, obligations, and then in six months it'll be out. Russia has refused to take any steps to return real and verifiable compliance over these 60 days. The United States will therefore suspend its obligations under the INF Treaty, effective February 2nd. Are there specific examples you can give us of what the U.S. Uh, accuses Russia of doing to break this treaty and placing um, these nuclear-capable weapons uh, around Europe? Uh, yes. So the U.S. points specifically to a, a particular missile system known as the 9M729 missile that's been under development. I mean, it's actually the Obama administration in 2014 uh, that came out and said uh, that Russia was uh, had, had built this missile. Uh, so that is the focus of the U.S. objections. Uh, Russia actually claims that the missile... Um, is not capable of uh, of hitting distances that violate the terms of the treaty. They say it only has a range of 480 uh, kilometers, and it's never been tested beyond that. Uh, so Russia does dispute this claim, but generally experts do agree that Russia has been in violation of the treaty uh, with this missile system. So to the president's point, then, if for the most part experts say Russia is violating the treaty and has been, What's the point in having the treaty? I, I mean, that's exactly what the administration argues. You know, President Trump in his statement today said, listen, we've been abiding by this treaty for 30 years, and now Russia's not, so why should we uh, commit to it? Uh, the, the question that critics have about that is, okay, well, now what? What do you gain uh, by blowing up this treaty? You say we are no longer going to be abiding by it because Russia isn't, but where does that then leave you? That's provoked these concerns you hear a lot about a new arms race. And indeed, there are uh, some reports that the Pentagon will start its own development of an intermediate-range uh, nuclear-capable mm. missile uh, to compete with Russia, even though it has 
multiple missile systems uh, uh, that would be capable of basically hitting anywhere in Russia. So um, that, that's the really big question. Secretary Pompeo and President Trump say they do want to give Russia another six months uh, to uh, destroy uh, all of these missiles, something it certainly won't do, and they are interested in arms control. They do potentially want a new treaty, but it's really hard to see how we get there uh, from here, given the current state of affairs and the fact that the U.S. is abrogating this treaty. It seems to me this strategy sounds very familiar to how the Trump administration handled the Iran uh, treaty. Um, people are breaking it, so what's the point in having it? And people arguing, well, it's better than having nothing at all. Yeah, you know, there is this really interesting undercurrent to this administration, led chiefly by National Security Advisor John Bolton, which is generally a disdain uh, for these multilateral treaties, but also a sense that a lot of them are irrelevant, and uh, it's better to just sort of clear the table and get out of them uh, while the U.S. can. So um, the administration also believes that it has the ability to come up with a better agreement. Um, one one of the places it's looking at is China, which the, the U.S. believes is uh, fielding a whole hundreds of uh, of intermediate range, the type of intermediate range missiles that would violate a treaty like this if there were to be one uh, with China. So there's an argument that the U.S. is constrained from producing these sorts of missiles while China, on the other side of the world, is going ahead and making them. So uh, it, there's there's the specific complaint the U.S. has with Russia, and there's also this broader complaint uh, that the U.S. is constrained globally by going into these sort of multilateral agreements. So in theory, the U.S. is looking a few steps down the chessboard, and they're saying, in the future, China is a threat. It's a growing threat. And we are constrained from actually equipping ourselves to prepare for that possible arms race because of our current deal from the old arms race. That's right. Uh, There's a lot of debate about how far into the future the administration is looking at this. I spoke with one analyst today who said, listen, do not presume to think that they're that they're playing three-dimensional chess on this issue. It's really it's really something uh, a beef the U.S. has with Russia and also its own scorn for these sorts of treaties. So um, Russia is currently certainly the much bigger threat. But, you know, the question it leads to is, okay, what's your plan B? What's your strategy now? And when we tried to pin Secretary of State Pompeo down on that issue today, he really didn't have uh, anything to say about what what the strategy is going forward aside to sort of say yes the u.s believes in arms control and thinks that's important they're not unveiling anything now about what the next move will be speaking of the next move um the clock is ticking now on the six months uh, to figure out if a deal can be made to continue the treaty what's the reaction been like in washington or say overseas in europe uh, by nato uh, well, the NATO Secretary General um, issued a tweet today saying he supported uh, President Trump and that Russia was clearly in violation and that he believed this was actually the right move. Within Europe, there is uh, concern among other countries. Uh, Germany, for example, um, has said that this is something that could provoke a new arms race. So. Uh, at the top level of NATO, there's support, but among European members, which are arguably caught in the middle, uh, if there would be a new arms race, uh, there's a lot of concern. I mean, you know, the, the, the long-term look here, I think what you would likely see is European countries 
potentially developing their own promises not to deploy these sorts of missiles in Europe because they don't want uh, an arms race. So there are things that they can do uh, to try to limit um, concerns that, uh, that this thing could spiral, spiral out of control, that the U.S. leaving this treaty could uh, result in a new arms race. So you, so you do see a fair amount of support among European governments to try to put the brakes on this in some way. But certainly there's a great deal of concern about what happens now and what does this mean in terms of Russia stepping up its game? Is it going to pump out more of these missiles, deploy them much more along its western border, and that would then force a response from NATO and the U.S.? Is that where we would see it? It's on its western border um, where we would see more of these missiles, more of these ground-based launchers yeah, I mean, because that's Russia would need to put them there largely uh, to keep Europe within range. Uh, you know, another problem here is that uh, Russia has its own concerns about the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has uh, launchers deployed in Romania that are missile defense systems um, that Russia says uh, are not currently violating the INF Treaty, but if they were equipped differently, they could launch offensive missiles and would then be in violation. Uh, the U.S. is just simply refusing to acknowledge that uh, claim at all and doesn't even want to discuss it. Um, but Russia also has its own uh, complaints against the U.S. And what does this mean, Nick, for the other major arms control deal uh, we have with Russia, the 2010 New START Treaty? What happens to that? Uh, it, it's really an unknown at this stage. Given John Bolton and this administration's overall disdain uh, for, for treaties, uh, it's unlikely, I think, at this time that there would be uh, new moves to really push uh, for progress on that. Uh, and also, the state of affairs with Russia, the state of that relationship is so poor right now, uh, it's it's really hard to see these two countries getting into a situation where they would see eye to eye and there would be enough trust for them to uh, hammer out the sort of details that would lead to a new agreement. So we're looking at a future that possibly sees a renewed nuclear arms race with Russia, a scattering of certain types of nuclear weapons across the globe that we haven't seen since really the Cold War, uh, a possibly a new arms race with Asia and no treaty to cap the amount of nuclear weapons the U.S. and Russia can have stockpiled. That's that's the worst-case scenario of all of this? Yeah, and the thing that has caused concern for uh, a lot of the people I spoke with this morning is that you're seeing an almost immediate response from uh, the Pentagon itself. It wants to accelerate development of its own intermediate-range uh, nuclear-capable missile, something that the United States does not currently have. Uh, you know, I think there there is an argument to be made that there are plenty of things that can be done, whether by Congress, if it so chooses, or by other nations, where they can say, like the U.S. and the Soviet Union did in the 1980s, this is spinning out of control. We need to wake up and stop it. And the INF Treaty is one component of uh, disarmament discussions, uh, and it is not the totality of it. So it's it's not time to go running around with your hair on fire just yet, and you know to mix metaphors, say that the sky is falling. Uh, but certainly, uh, in the, given the direction that the administration has gone in the past, uh, the, the fears about where it could go, um, there will be a lot of pressure, particularly on Europe, to take up the mantle and say, okay, let's do something about this to make sure these types of missiles are not deployed on our soil. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Make sure to follow Nick and all of his reporting on Twitter. He's at N. Wadhams. 
That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.